The Ash, Lutzi and Susie O'Neill podcast. We're going to speak to Chris Reason from Channel 7. I was watching his coverage yesterday on Channel 7 when that Chris Dawson verdict was handed down. Mm. Oh, yeah. Um, as you said earlier, we, we, we started talking about this at the start of the show and you said if it wasn't for this podcast, this, yep. this podcast which somebody decided to do, uh, as a result of that, somebody has been found guilty of murder 40 years after the fact and the details on that are quite staggering. It's an unbelievable story. You can see why the podcast was so successful. Well, he was uh, married, wasn't he? And then he, um, one of these students, he employed as a babysitter and she lived at their house. Is this the premise of the story? And was yeah. a student. And was a student and then they started having an affair and then his wife went missing yeah. and nothing was done about it for 40 years. I think it was Hedley Thomas, wasn't yeah. it, who yeah. did the podcast, who yeah. uncovered it all and did a lot of investigations. It's in the Courier-Mail today and Chris Jones' editorial saying, I mean, the, you talk about journalism being a dying art form. Well, this is single-handedly... Um, brought a cold yep. case back and found a murderer that would otherwise would be walking free That's today. a really valid point, Lutzi, and the fact that what would have happened had this podcast uh, not started? Well, he'd be still walking around free as a bird. And then the next point to this is, we've got to ask Chris, Season, uh, Chris Reason as well, is where's the body? The family want that body yes. now. Okay, if yeah. he, he killed her, we know that now. Come on, mate, 40 years said, on. That being said, you would have to imagine that what happened yesterday would have been uh, some comfort for the family. Uh, after 40 years for there to be a result. And you're right, hopefully as a result of this, they're going to be able to get that final piece and, mm. find, and find the body. But there were so many different angles to this story that it was so intriguing. Yeah, and it started a whole um, thing where they've investigated a lot of the teachers around that time in the 70s and they've uncovered a lot of... Um, <laughs> sexual assault, et cetera, et cetera. So it's, it's gone further than this, hasn't it, and clean, yeah. cleaned up that area? There was uh, th th one of the parts that I was reading about the timeline with this Chris Dawson yesterday is that he, he first encountered this, the, the girl that he brought in as the babysitter that he went and had the affair with. He encountered her in grade 10. She wasn't his student. He fudged the books to get her into his class in grade 11. And it all started from there. But anyway, a fascinating trial and it concluded yesterday with a guilty verdict for Chris Dawson. And we'll cover off with that with Chris Reason from Channel 7. The Ash, Lutzi and Susie O'Neill podcast. Chris Reason from Channel 7 joins us. Good morning, Chris. Good morning to you guys. It was an extraordinary uh, day, wasn't it? Well, justice finally served after 40 years. There's so many uh, things that we could focus on, but Sue's made the point earlier this morning that if it wasn't for this podcast, perhaps th mm. this never would have happened yesterday. Yeah, it just shows you the power of quality journalism. I mean, Hedley Thomas, he's right now talking on Sunrise. He, he just, it was a phenomenal powerhouse act from him. And remember, the police investigation into this, into this case had gone on and on and on and got nowhere. Then we'd had the two coronial inquests. They'd recommend charges, but charges were never laid. This cold case sat dormant for decades. And then the, the podcast comes out, and uh, thanks to Headley's forensic investigative work, and put so much pressure back on the police and on the DPP that they finally got their act together. They finally pulled their case together and laid charges back in 2018. You can't understate just how much good, uh, how much power and value that the journalism gave to this case. Without it, I think I'd be saying now that we, you know, we wouldn't have had a trial. We wouldn't have had the verdict that we had yesterday. It was amazing, wasn't it? In the podcast, does um, Headley get into the, the children? Or, there's so many children involved in this, you know, that um, Chris Dawson had children with his first wife and then he had children with the babysitter as well. They got mm. married. Are they, are they interviewed and have they made a, a comment on how they feel about Chris Dawson going uh, to jail? 
Well, it was interesting because the two daughters, Lynn and Chris's daughters, were there yesterday and they were at the back of the court watching, you know, impassively as everybody else was. There are only 42 chairs in that court and I was lucky enough to get one of them. But there was press, there was family uh, of both sides, Chris Dawson's side and Lynn Dawson's side, in some situations sort of uncomfortably sitting right next to each other. It was... Uh, it was a stupid court to put them in. There were so many people. It was an overflow court. Hundreds were in other rooms watching it online. But but in that room, those two daughters watching, and we heard later from Chris Dawson's barrister that he had got a message to them saying, quote, to stay strong, unquote. And they still have a relationship with him. That they're conflicted. Such a difficult position to be in. They want to believe their father, but they don't want to believe that their mother ran. Now it would be fascinating to hear what they've got to say post yesterday's verdict. Yeah, you spoke. You spoken with other journalists uh, to Lynette's brother Greg Sims yesterday outside Sydney's Supreme Court, um, and obviously justice being the, the word here, and justice has been, or justice has prevailed on on some level. But Greg making the point that uh, this journey isn't over yet; the hurt still continues until uh, we're able to reveal, or I guess Chris Dawson will reveal the location of of the remains. Yeah, and I'm sad to say that won't happen. He, uh, he really? is now, he's, yeah, he's absolutely, he's uh, sticking by his story. He's, he's saying that he's innocent, that, uh, that, that the decision yesterday was a mistake. Uh, he is going to launch an appeal, so obviously he can't sort of say, here's the body, and launch an appeal and say, I'm innocent, to, you know, don't work. So he's basically, right. he's not going to sort of say where the body is. He will launch an appeal. That will take some time because it'll be extremely complex. And you've got to remember that the judge yesterday took five hours to, to go through his judgment before he delivered that verdict. It was extraordinary. Right at the beginning, we thought, oh, hang on, he said it's all circumstantial evidence. Oh, there's no body, there's no weapon. We thought, oh, he's about to come down on Chris Dawson's side. But then the judge turned the ship. And for the next four hours, he forensically took apart Chris Dawson's defence case. He said he didn't believe there'd been sightings of, of Lynn Dawson over the years since the disappearance. He didn't believe she'd used a bank card. Uh, he didn't believe that she'd made phone calls back to the family, as Chris Dawson said. He said those were lies. And then he said he didn't, couldn't understand. It did not make sense that this woman, who was a loving mother, had a great job. She was happy on every other front. She leaves just out of the blue. She doesn't pack any clothes. He, as the judge said, didn't even take underwear with her, didn't take her contact lenses with her, never showed up again as a registered nurse anywhere on the tax official record, didn't register a driving licence anywhere. Um, she just disappeared. He was confident wow. that she died that day, September 9, as a January uh, 9 in uh, 1982, and that he basically killed her. Why? Because he wanted to be with his young teenage lover, his former student, he first met in year 11 uh, in, as a high school teacher. Yeah, and I, I was saying earlier too, Chris, he skewed the books. It, it, it said that he was he, he first became aware of her when she was a student in grade 10 and he somehow or other had it arranged so that she could become a student of his in grade 11 and that was where the relationship started. Well, the judge said yesterday, he said he was utterly obsessed with her and when she and she, remember she moved in as a babysitter first of all then he started having the affair with her it became physical they had sex together even when lynn was in the house taking a shower, shower all that yeah. sort of thing yeah it's a bang and so then the the, the the teen girlfriend jc is her code name leaves the home to go up with up to northern new south wales with friends and up the central coast and and Dawson starts to panic that he's losing his grip on her, that she might leave him. And that, said the, the judge, in those final months of 1981, 
was when he formed the plan to murder his wife, get her out of the picture, and finally take uh, this young lover as his wife, which is, uh, as the case found yesterday, exactly what happened. He said, we don't know where the body is. We know you killed her. We know you disposed of the body, potentially with others involved. That didn't go anywhere, but, you know, did he have an accomplice? And uh, and that the reason that you did it was to be with this young woman. And as you say, they got married. They had their own child later on, and then that acrimonious divorce years after that. And then JC turned against him and became a witness for the Crown prosecution. Wow. Talking about accomplice, are they, they saying... He's got a twin brother, right, that Chris Dawson. Are they saying that he... Help dispose of the body, or they're not going down that road yet. Uh, the no, there was no talk of any of, of that. Paul Dawson, his twin brother, was in court yesterday. I was sitting a couple of seats from him and watched his reaction as that uh, verdict was read out. He up against the wall, his head slumped. Um, he didn't want to have say anything when he walked out of that court. Interesting with Peter Dawson, his other brother. Um, the two of them. Became quite emotional and angry, heated when the cameras sort of swarmed around them at one stage, lashing out. There was a bit of push and shove going on there. Um, but look, uh, the family are processing all of this. Uh, they would reject any accusation that not only uh, was uh, was Chris involved in the murder, that were any other family members were involved. Mm, you know, incredible story. And uh, isn't it amazing, like, if, uh, you, you know, you're right about that podcast you said at the start, that if it hadn't have happened, maybe he wouldn't have been found guilty yesterday. The advent of podcasts, the, the, who yeah, could possibly thought. have predicted this is going to be my downfall. <laughs> you know, but it is, uh, exactly. and it is great journalism. It's great investigative journalism. And, um, and it's, a, it's a great result for the family to yep. give them some type of peace. Bail application Thursday, Chris, uh, an appeal will come. They'll be saying that the onset of dementia will obviously play a part in where he ends up, whether it's jail or not. Although, I guess that'll, all, time will tell that. Yeah, look, it's, um, it'll be interesting. Thursday's the next, uh, next appearance of this case. All the legal parties will come together back in the Supreme Court here in Sydney and they will basically um, set down the dates for when they will sentence him because we haven't seen that yet. We don't know what is, uh, how long he can spend in jail. Uh, but the likely outcome of that will be that they will set that date for his sentencing uh, sooner rather than later, probably two to three weeks away, very quick turnaround. They'll meet again and we'll see Dawson again. He'll come back up into the into the courtroom 13A, this time in prison greens and, um, and cuffed, and he will hear his sentence. It's a murder charge against him, so it's undisputed he'll get a life sentence, I would think. You're right on what the details will be and where he will serve that. He's very high profile. He'll have... Um, he'll be a very vulnerable prisoner, so there's a little chance that he would spend that time alone or separated from the general prison population. Uh, he's old, and yes, his barrister says he has the on, uh, onset dementia, um, which he said yesterday could be a, well a result of his footy-playing career. Um, as you know, he was a rugby high-flying rugby league player of uh, Newtown Jets for a long time, and uh, he took some knocks. So there will be medical implications for all of that, but... Um, but then uh, the appeal process to uh, potentially begin uh, months after that. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for coming on and clearing all that up by Chris Reason from Channel 7. The Ash, Lutzi and Susie O'Neill podcast.